1: Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live!
0: This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning, everybody. This is Father Craig Vasek, your host. For today's edition of Real Presence Live, I'm coming to you from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, where our students are stressed to the max. They are all falling apart at the seams. I'm joking about that, but they are in the midst of finals trying to accomplish and prove that they learned something this semester, even if it means they've been cramming in the last 24 to 36 hours. So we are going to pray for them at some point today because they need our help. They need a lot of heavenly aid in these days. Let's... uh include them in our prayer, but in a couple of minutes I'm going to visit with my dear friend Dr. Leroy Gay. He just released a new edition on the Gospel of Matthew. He had one on the Gospel of Mark that came out a couple of years back. So I'm looking forward to that. Everybody, if you want to hear a little bit more about the excellence of God's Word and Sacred Scripture, stay with us for that in just a few minutes. I will be glad to ask him all sorts of very difficult questions that he will say, that's easy. Give me a hard one and I will prove my inability and he will prove his excellence and that will be grand. Um, there's also going to be this segment at 9:30 to 10 where you can call in and ask me any question that you want about anything in the entire universe of the entire world. Uh, I'm going to try to keep Dr. Husingay with me so I can like ask him like hey, what do I say? How do I answer that question? I have all of I have I have the ability to have thousands of hours of uh, smart people at my disposal here at the University of Mary. There are doctors of everything. I feel so inadequate. Uh, Just hanging out with any of them Because I might know something about English But there's going to be someone here who knows way more about English I might know something about philosophy There's going to be someone here who knows more about philosophy And and it just goes on and on With the brilliance of the intellectual tradition That is uh, being shared with us Here at the University of Mary I really enjoy being here It's been great Um, So yeah, you can call in That's what I was going to say there It's from 9.30 to 10 It's an open time for you to call and say whatever you want uh, ask whatever you want fight with me about whatever you want I'll be I'll try to be nice uh, I'd ask for you to be kind of nice when you call in that'd be grand so get ready for that from 9:30 to 10 or you can send in a message uh, on the Real Presence Facebook page as well so I like getting ready for that that's always a good half hour uh, what else do I want to tell you about the world Uh, There's going to be plenty of things I'll share with you about the liturgy, about uh, this holy season of Advent, about confessions and the Eucharist, all sorts of other things. But for now, let's hop into our first segment. Uh, I am with, as we already heard, Dr. Leroy Husingay. He is here in studio at the University of Mary. Good morning, Dr. Husingay. Good morning. Good morning. We're glad to have you. You've been on before. Yes, I have. Many times, telling us about all of your many, many works, or at least one. All right, yes, at least one. <laughs> at least one on the Gospel of Mark. Uh, so today we're talking about this newly released, which we, we just had a beautiful presentation here at the University of Mary last week, I think it was, maybe two weeks ago by now, maybe last week? Just last week, yes. Where we had a release of uh, your new edition on the Gospel of Matthew. So um, what do you want to tell us about this book, just as a, introduce us as we
1: get into it? Sure, so the bulk of the book is... Uh my reflections on the Gospel of Matthew, I storm through the entirety of the Gospel of Matthew from the first verse to the last and kind of show its its story sweep, its theology, what Matthew's really getting at. And I key it to the lectionary. So when you go to a passage, you also see where it's at in the lectionary. Because I wrote the book for uh priests and deacons who are going to be doing uh preaching, as well as lay people who pay attention to the mass readings hoping to help both of them understand uh, Matthew's Gospel better as we enter uh, year A here, the year in which Gospels Matthew predominates. It's not a formal critical commentary with a bunch of uh, tedious notes and a whole lot of Greek and that sort of thing, Uh, but it's really meant to show the the import and the sweep of each passage and the wider sweep of the story of Matthew's Gospel. And then at the beginning, like I did for Loosing the Lion, I talk about contemporary cultural currents that the gospel, by its very constitution, uh, happens to challenge. And so I've got the first part in there uh, dealing with uh, Gnosticism in the contemporary West uh, and how Matthew's gospel uh, challenges that. Hmm. So... uh
0: just as my own uh, question, do you, was Matthew doing that in his time? Do you feel, or it just so happens that it it's relevant to our time? With uh, to more that it,
1: more that it so happens that it's relative in our time. No, but that said, uh, Gnosticism, we call it Gnosticism when it becomes a, a kind of formal Christian heresy. Uh, but it's a perennial worldview rooted in Plato's philosophy uh, that finds the body and the material creation to be a big-time problem. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the body is the locus of pain and suffering, uh, especially in the ancient world. And even today with modern medicine, most of us have had... Uh, Injuries or diseases, where thank goodness there's, uh, you know, things like modern painkillers and modern surgery and antibiotics yeah. and all this, you know. So Gnosticism sees the body as a as a problem and often as something intrinsically evil. And so Gnostic uh, religion, when it pretends to be Christian, uh, often focuses exclusively on the soul, denies the relevance of the church and the sacraments, and ex- in some extreme versions. Uh, It regards the Creator as actually Satan. Mm. So Satan imprisoned us in matter, Satan imprisoned us in bodies, uh, and obviously that's not Christian. Mm. Well, in Matthew's Gospel, you've got the diametric opposite. You've got Jesus in Matthew's Gospel uh, as God incarnate, God taking on flesh in a body something to reflect on as we're in advent here you've got jesus then founding a church as a visible authoritative community and you've got jesus founding a religion with a sacrificial sacrament at the center of course the sacrifice of the eucharist and so you know it cuts against not just contemporary currents but ancient currents as well
0: right kind of a perennial uh, disease that creeps into people's thoughts okay yeah very good uh is the entire book that that uh, deep? I mean, because that was kind of deep right
1: there, Doc. Well, maybe it's just Monday morning. (laughs) You know, many, uh, well, it is Monday morning, and, you know, God save us, but um, many academics, I found, aren't great writers. They're really great at Greek and Hebrew and Latin and those sorts of things, and they write in English, and they're often better in the ancient languages than the modern. And so when I wrote these books, I tried to write them in a way that was readable, yeah. Um, that wasn't turgid, you know, and there's a lot of asides and some pop culture references and some personal reflections in there that make it, I, I think, an enjoyable read, you know. So I, I published this with the uh, popular side of Emmaus Road Press as opposed to the uh, academic side, hmm. and I tried to write it in that sort of key. Sure.
0: No, I found that already as I've been starting to peruse it um even even for today's readings, it's not a Sunday. But I went to today's readings, Matthew chapter twenty-one, and I went in and I, and I saw the selection and what you had written. and I was like, "Wow, great! I have my homily for today. This is grand."
1: <laughs> He's already done all the work for me. That's or, what I was trying to do in a certain way. I mean, I I do have a note in the preface there that you know it's not you know that it's not going to be something that's easily plagiarized or paraphrased, but hopefully would inform. Uh, good preaching and informed understanding of the mass readings so Absolutely. I guess you, you could try to read it word for word and <laughs> I don't know if anybody would know Depend depends on how many copies sell, I suppose. Yeah, Oh, it depends on if you're at Mass. So if you're at Mass today, I
0: will uh, not plagiarize, but if you're not there, <laughs> I'll say, my homily today is from this wonderful work that I'm not going to tell you about. <laughs> so all you priests out there, uh, deacons, anyone who's tasked with preaching, religious education, uh, people who work in, in parish life, people who need to understand scripture, people who want to understand scripture, as doctor has already said, uh, faithful Catholics who follow the liturgical readings. Uh, this, this book is for you. Uh, I'm with Dr. Leroy Heusenge, uh, a professor here at the University of Mary who has recently released a, another edition of the Gospels, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Behold the Christ, uh, just this year. It just came out. We had a beautiful presentation last week at the university. I was really delighted. I got both copies because I didn't have the one on Mark yet. Uh, so now I have both of them and I'm working through them to, to understand scripture better. Uh, you call it Behold the Christ. Is that just, you didn't have anything else to call it, or that there's, there's a purpose there, Doc?
1: Well, I thought, it, uh, I thought it really fit with what Matthew's trying to do. Uh, you know, Mark is more a gospel of secrecy, and it's got a bunch of, frankly, weird and crazy and beautiful things going on where Mark's Jesus uh, really tries to hide what he's doing. And Matthew, in his presentation of Jesus, uh, presents him as one revealing things uh, openly to everyone and Matthew himself. It's like he's setting, you know, Jesus in front of him and saying, here, look at this man. This is the Christ that's come to save Israel and indeed the entire world. And, you know, usually when I title books, I kind of just, I don't think about it too hard, but I have a, I have a moment of insight. And I just envisioned Matthew's uh, scene of Jesus, you know, with Pilate, um where uh you see the christ you know uh you know about to be tortured and crucified and it's matthew's way of showing uh i think Jesus' sacrificial mission and so in that moment of insight it sounded like behold the christ would be the right mm. way to go
0: mm. beautiful very good uh, so you released mark uh, a couple years ago you you're working currently on a on a bigger work uh, maybe yeah <laughs> okay he's showing me all kinds of strange facial contortions everybody but you're not you're not hearing those could you give sound to what that was no don't <laughs> okay. uh, uh, but you, I know you're working on a on a bigger work uh, with regard to Mark but uh, what so tell us a little bit between the two or what what led you to move towards Mark Uh, Matthew after doing Mark or how does that how does that all come together for you?
1: Sure, in my academic training I've loved both uh, Matthew and Mark and Mark was actually my first uh, academic love among the Gospels because I had professors along the way from college through grad school who were specialists in Mark Uh, and Mark is just a particularly fascinating Gospel. Uh, When I got down to brass tacks about choosing a dissertation topic I wanted to write on Matthew Because I was pursuing the figure of Isaac, how Isaac, Abraham and Sarah's son, shows up in the New Testament. And I thought Matthew made it relatively clear that he was presenting Jesus as a new Isaac uh, in service of presenting Jesus as a decisive sacrifice, given that Isaac, you know, remember Genesis 22, was the original sacrifice. You know, God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. So I I love them both. I've worked deeply and published on both. And, you know, I've always wanted my academic work to serve the church. You know, most articles that academics write are read by three, four, maybe five other people, statistics show. It's really scary. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. So I write that sort of stuff when it matters. But I've always wanted to do what I do for the sake of the church and not the sake of my career. And so I thought I'd, uh, loving Matthew and Mark, write up these books and hopefully uh, help people here and there, you know, understand more deeply what's going on in these two Gospels. Okay, well,
0: you have a history with Matthew, you have a history with Mark, but there's two other Gospels. Yes. So, what, uh, is there a future with re- finishing your uh, your works here? Or? Yeah,
1: I need to think about that. <laughs> okay. um, I'm, I'm not as skilled in the the Gospel of Luke, but I've done enough with it along the way. And at this point, writing the two and not finishing the uh, the other two, not finishing the uh, quadrology would be would feel like I had unfinished work, and I don't <laughs> like that feeling. Sure. Being a North Dakotan, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So fortunately, we've got a couple of years before Luke starts to dominate in the electionary, and hmm. I think I could probably get Luke done in that window. John's uh, interesting, of course, because you know John shows up not in any particular year, but throughout all uh, three years of the lectionary cycle. Uh, but again, when I'm writing these books, I'm kind of writing them straight through, first verse to last, and then you know just putting the references to the lectionary and the sections. You know, so I could do John too, but John is this, uh, John is on, in, in some ways obvious. You know, Jesus tells you what he's about. In other ways, you know, John is the father of, St. John is the father of Christian allegory and Christian mysticism. And so there's no end to the depths of that gospel because it takes you most directly and deeply into the heart of God I think and so John intimidates me a little bit
0: sure no understandable everybody if you're listening you're like wait a second Matthew Mark Luke and John there's a difference between those four well guess what you're gonna want to get a hold of dr. Leroy and Gay's works he's got one out on mark loosing the line he's got one out on Matthew that's the one we're talking about today behold the Christ um, we're out of time shoot I have like 25 more questions doc well where can we get your book
1: well, you can get it in Bismarck at the Rainbow Shop or at Mayo Pharmacy. You can get it at your favorite online realtor. And online at the uh, St. Paul Center, uh, which uh, is, owns Emmaus Road Publishing. And, of course, if you give uh, the St. Paul Center your online order, you know, then you're supporting a Catholic organization as opposed to your, uh, perhaps, other favorite online retailer. <laughs> Got it.
0: Great, Dr. gay I'm sorry we didn't have more time, but thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Coming up next, it's Prayerfully Yours, where we pray for your intentions. And later, I'm ready to answer your questions for whatever is on your heart and mind, so call in during Straight Talk. I am coming to you live from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. This is Father Craig Vosick. You are tuned in to Real Presence Live.